Good afternoon. Welcome to another uh, conversation on the Dissect Podcast. This is Mark. I'm actually on the road recording our very first mobile session today, and I'm down in Arizona sitting with a dear friend and who I often refer to as my shooting mentor, Brian Enos, um, who also contributed the foreword to my book, Kiss or Kill. And um, man, I think I, I, I can remember the, the, the day that we met. I can remember. Me too, clearly. <laughs> and uh, and Brian has just handed me this sort of a, uh, a a printed introduction. And and uh, if you're if you've been involved in competitive shooting at any sort of time, and that had to do with shooting with a pistol, you probably know who Brian is. It, it, and uh, he's um, I don't know his uh, forum which still exists um, at brianenos.com is, uh, I'm just going to say, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, the most heavily trafficked shooting forum on the internet? Uh, Yeah, probably if you put it in um, a competitive category, like competition category as opposed to like guns. You okay. Know, like the, sure. Like the AR-15 forum I think is huge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just complete, it's a completely different, philosophy that goes on on our forums as opposed to other gun related forums which and and for a long time the the i mean i remember uh again i'm not going to get the year i'm i'm going for i'm just going to go 98 something like that um trying to think when uh i came down the state and we built a, a gun you helped me build a gun a, uh, a competition pistol. I had a STI 40 yeah, okay. that needed some work anyway. It was somewhere in that zone, yeah. uh, in, in that time. And and um, I don't believe, uh, I believe there was a typewriter on your desk. Maybe. It would have been right about the time that you got a, a laptop. And then I... In 98, where, where was I living? Tra- uh, the Junction. Oh, the Junction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were in, we were been... in the trailer. We were okay. building the gun out back and chronographing rounds into the yeah. dirt up. That would have probably been, that would have been a Mac portable. Yes. It was the, the, the original portable. I think it was gray. Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. kind of a dark gray. Yeah. But I, I marveled over the next couple of years as you just decided to basically as far as I could tell, you took the computer apart, figured out what was in it, put it back together, and then knew everything there was about computers and started <laughs> like basically building, you know, hacking for lack of yeah. a better term. But the and the upshot of it was, it just seemed like that that the forum sort of developed out of this curiosity, certainly with with the computer and to figure out how to um, to make it work. And I think. Uh, maybe it was building your own website. The, the um, who was the? There was a competitive shooter oh, around. Briquette. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Briquette was helping you um, sort of find your way around the computer, yeah. and then and then just sort of and then fast forward. You know, having used Go Live right to build yeah. <laughs> to build the site and the shopping cart and everything, and then I guess when I came down, when we came down not this last Christmas, but the Christmas before, you said, you know, it's 
it's over. You know, there's no support for there was no support for yeah. th that anymore. And you paid the guy, you know, somebody. And the company converted to WordPress, WooCommerce, yeah. And and having built that site and the you know and the, the store aspect of it on your own, if I'm not mm -hmm. yep. again, scratch, correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, all from scratch built. You know, probably maybe much of it sitting right here in this in this room, uh, and then it just you just shut it off. Because I'm not following uh, you. Shut well, like the, the like the, the the store sort of aspect of the forum, or the or or, or and, and making a living from from you know the, the sales, like selling Dylan and yeah. that kind of stuff. That's pretty. That's the the it was the store aspect that um, that was built on Go Live, right? Yes. And so as soon as it. You know, at, at a certain point, no support for that existed anymore. There was, yeah, the, what was actually happening there was the the guy that was that hosted, um, that provided um, the that provided the software that I built the store from, and you know, the, I built it in Go Live, but the the store software the, that company I became friends with that guy, and he was shutting his company down. Okay. So for the however many. Six, seven, eight, ten years I spent building the Dylan Precision part of my store, which was super uh, user friendly. You know, you could click two buttons and buy 30 items to start reloading if you didn't have any equipment. Um, that was all going away. And at that time, I was coming up on 60 years old and I didn't think I wanted to spend another five years figuring out how to build all that because there was no way to convert it to any other platform. It would all have to be built fresh rebuilt from yeah, scratch at that time so i just looked at, I, I ran it for another couple of years he, he agreed to let me pay him to run the server pay for the full server for the next couple of years and the business was good then so i just ran it for a couple of years and then shut it down um, and so now i just now my store when i got it converted um, they could convert it to to make to make it easy to buy books slide glide single items okay. um, is real easy to, to for them to convert it. Now I can work with it after that to add or take away items as I want. But yeah, it's just went downscale. The business end of it's went down tremendously. But I've still kept the forums going because everybody loves the forums. There's yeah. just so much of it, such a great camaraderie and group of people that are always on there day or night. You can ask any question. It doesn't have to be about shooting. Um, like I've said, I'll I'll get a, a better, quicker answer, more accurate answer on a computer problem on my forums. Than I will on any on a computer forum. So you don't it's the shooters <laughs> is, is the deal. It's the it's the group of um, the the diversity of the lifestyles and professions of the shooters that intersect it's, around it's shooting. Tremendous, yeah. It's just like uh, there's there's some you know, it's like there there isn't any question that you could ask in the forums that somebody won't be in there and answering how to fix your air condition or whatever it is. Somebody's going to be an expert in the field. Um, so that's why it's kind of a cool factor. You know, that's just a little bonus round from the competition shooting. I mean, and, of it. and one of the things that, like, I would have thought, you know, when I first, you know, met you, um, you're road tripping around the West, uh, an old yellow pickup truck that had a fucking tan Chevy, and a fucking incredible sound system in it, um, and. Uh, and, and then visited you, and I would have thought, ah, oh, he's Brian's a pretty solitary person. Yeah. But the fact of like, but it's not tr that that that's a, a false assumption made, you know, due to a lack of uh, continuous awareness. 
let's say, <laughs> whatever. Um, but but the, the because I, I realized that and, and you said it, wrote it out here is that, that just that you know, uh, I was not afraid to ask anybody about anything. Yeah, that's always been a. I think that's always been a strong, or you know, like a strong point in learning, yeah. being able to learn. Like, like I said, I still do that today. Like, I'll just I, I like to. It doesn't matter. I remember shooting a stage one time in a match as an area match. I saw a D class shooter shoot a stage away. I'd never, I had never thought of to shoot it. And I'm, you know, I'm like one of the big guys, you know. And I watched him shoot it. I thought, well, was, I'm going to go ask him why he shot it that way because I didn't. It didn't make sense to me. And he explained it to me, and I'm like, oh. I'll shoot it that way, and I end up winning the stage because I shot it like he did. <laughs> I mean, this is, and it's something that that you know that always has um, marveled when we've gone to live shows too. Like, yeah, Brian always talks to the band. Talk to the band. Talk I'm the biggest fanboy. That's, that's why I'm there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to, to not you know only to see the music, but if I you know, interact and talk yeah. to people, like what you get a vibe right off the bat from them if they're you know like a if they're friendly and appreciate it like the kind of shows I see nowadays are more in smaller venues I don't go to bigger shows anymore just little very small venues and the most of the band guys are just super appreciative of like when last band we saw um, I told the guy since I first heard of you three months ago I've got all your music and all that's all I listen to every night for the last three months is all of your music over and over and over <laughs> nice. and he was very he, he, his eyes lit up when I said that that's pretty cool so yeah it was pretty cool yeah, we have now sort of our, our local venue in Salt Lake. It's, you know, 10 minute walk from the house and, you know, it, it, yeah, big bands come to Salt Lake and there's a big arena there and that yeah. kind of thing. It's just not that interesting. I'd rather go down to the place that, you know, sells out when 200 tickets are sold. Exactly. And yeah, me too, yeah. stand with my knees against the stage and be able to hang out and like, talk to the guys afterwards because that's, yep. that's a cool thing. And, and, and it's a pretty neat thing to, you know, because they, they appreciate it, you know, people recognizing that man Salt Lake's not exactly a destination yeah. for for us um, but I mean, yeah I saw two shows last week and just fucking fantastic to be able right. to go and, yeah and, right there yeah to, to be there anyway um, I uh, so Brian started uh, started com like competitive shooting in the early 80s basically sort of, I mean yep. I would say it's sort of the advent of the International Practical Shooting Confederation, um, and started. If I recall, I mean, I'm just read right here. Really, you you started with a 38 special. The 38 no, special, yeah, that was because that, that's, that's specifically yeah. for that for the, yes. the, the the the. Everybody shot 38 specials. There was no other. I don't even think automatics. Some autos were. Um, legal now there now PPC has a division for semi-autos and okay. I think they actually do really well um, but for the courses of fire in in PPC the revolver was was, was and I loved that's what those were my first guns uh, as a child were revolvers magnums 357 magnums 41 magnums 44 magnums 41 magnum. yeah, that was because I couldn't afford a 44 magnum oh, okay and I wanted to be like Clint Eastwood and have a 44 magnum but I couldn't afford one so the 41 magnum was three like a couple hundred, of, what is that it was a couple hundred bucks cheaper I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a 44 but yeah uh, it still do some serious damage on a jug of water oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, what Sort of fascinated me when we met and, and started shooting was was and especially um, 
you know, part of the, the thing that I, that I wanted to talk a little bit about is, is because we've had numerous discussions over the years about temperament typing and the things that we are maybe, um, and I would go along with a nice you know, free will discussion, but we don't want to start that, yeah. you know? but, but, but the idea that you know, there's certain things that we are predisposed to. There was, in, in the mountains for me, there was a certain type of climbing that attracted me. In yeah. shooting, I mean, to, to um, recognize that, uh, that, that A, the, uh, the stock gun, let's call it that, an iron-sided pistol, yeah. no matter you know, the capacity of it, was um, more interesting to you than the, the sort of arms race that came with Definitely. compensated 38 Supers yeah. uh, uh, with optics on them and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and that to me was like, okay, this is just, to me at, at the time, because I drew, drew a line there, or I, I saw that as you having drawn a, a line about style. Okay. Whether, that was true, whether that was true or not, but that's, what, that's the lens that I could see it through because that's what, the, um, what climbing, the, the way that I went climbing or the things that I, that I expressed there, I could, that to me was a, a style sort of argument. Like, okay, we will, you know, Explain use, what do you mean by style? Sort of like uh, um, to, to I, I want to uh, in the mountains. I would say I, I, I want to play as fairly as possible. I can certainly over overpower the okay um, the, the the naturally existing or naturally occurring challenge with technology, or I could reduce gotcha. the amount of technology to, to reduce the technology in order to require. Um, more of myself. More of yourself. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. So that's that. That makes sense. Yeah. Would be what I saw with the because I was like, well, why wouldn't you want to have you know a twenty-four round magazine and a red dot on yeah. your gun and and and, and it have just it seems shoot so incredibly like it. flat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, there, there, there's a, there's sort of a split there, and, and there are obvious there are, and maybe it's not obvious, but within competitive shooting now, that definitely yeah. multiple subdisciplines, right. let's say, um, and, and and obviously there's certain temperament types that are attracted to the whiz bang of the yeah. the uh, optic gun that's you know that you have to double plug your ears for because the comps are so loud yeah but, kid, um, younger kids i think grew up playing video games they just move right to open class immediately okay yeah i remember i can't remember this guy's name he used to shoot at rio salado but he was a young guy he didn't he never really practiced shooting that much at all but he was a master of video games and he took to the to he took to the um you know the the dot site to him it was just like he was playing a video game with it and that's just the way he approached shooting he just do clean up stages Wow. Was a young a young guy. I can't remember his name now, but yeah. Anyways, that's uh, um, that's indicative, I guess. Yeah. Of, of, right. <laughs> uh, there's not a first-person shooter video game where you have to shoot a single stack forty-five and make major power factor and and actually feel that. And yeah, no, that. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I think they um, go. I've I've saw a video game once. It was in. A restaurant nearby. This was so many years ago, and they had taken. It was like an Ipsic. They had taken these Ipsic targets, and okay. they had Ipsic shooters. I think they might have even had our names in there. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> not. But it was in the gun that you shot was like a forty-five, and, it, and you were like you sh actually shooting Ipsic stages. Wow. Um, and it was a. It was like U.S. They had lifted the whole format right from USPSA, 
Um, but of course, the gun didn't recoil like a forty-five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't loud. Either. So, yeah, right. <laughs> so you'd do it in the back of the yeah. restaurant and then go have a cheeseburger right. or something. <laughs> um, but it, so, so the, for, for me, the temperament thing, I mean, having spent some time at the range, both with you and with Robbie uh, Latham, um, and we uh, just realized like how complementary your personalities were. And yeah. obviously, you know, when you guys met in the sort of early ages and started shooting competitively together, um, th th there are definite similarities between the two of you and then others. Yes. You know, quite divergent right. in attitude. Um, maybe the biggest being that, uh, what, 2000, you sort of quit shooting competitively, yeah. almost cold Com turkey Completely, style. yeah, just cold turkey, yeah. Um, and 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 with 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 Robbie, I mean, I, I always marveled just because being at the at the range that he'd go from, you know, just joking and cracking jokes and hanging out yeah, and laughing, right. and then just like, oh, I'm up, yep. okay, we're, and, and then we just go blaze a stage and then come back and start cracking jokes, and, right? And 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 I couldn't, and uh, I mean, Robbie is responsible for, you know, my introduction to the military, and for I don't know how many years after, uh, I think '99 was the first year. Um, that I went back to Fort Bragg, uh, introduced by him, and then spent the next, uh, I don't know, 12 or 13 years training. Well, I didn't know, he, I never didn't know he was your connection there. Oh yeah, Stella, yeah, right? I had no, uh, yeah. and, and it was after some visit out here where we were all at the range together, and, and, and I think I took him, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to learn how to repel, because he was doing some shooting uh, training with some guys at Fort Bragg, and he wanted to like be able to do some of the urban pieces to it, okay. which meant coming from the top of a building and going down and into the building, and uh, and then yeah, he introduced me to uh, Chief Carlson um, and uh, or William Carlson, nicknamed Chief, and that was uh, the rest is sort of history. Okay. I, I basically got introduced by someone at the top of his food chain yeah. to somebody right. else at the very top of their Perfect. food chain. And then being com sort of completely out of, um, feeling completely out of place, but apparently not totally because, um, yeah, I was a hippie climber who knew stuff that they wanted to know about cold weather and high altitude and that sort of thing, yeah. um, who could uh, also hold his own on the range, I guess. Right. For uh, so I thank you and Robbie for that, <laughs> um, uh, but. But the, but the temperament um, differences there, cause, like I didn't at the, you know, if there was, uh, you know, Wednesday, was it Wednesday night stage at Rio Salado? Is that when those happened or was it Tuesday uh, night? Tuesday night, yeah. It was Tuesday night, so go out and Tuesday hang out and, and, and just the, 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 the way that you each related to competition was um, different, different enough for me to notice. Okay, and, yeah. And, and, and to, um, to, to realize that, and, and it, it's carried over through, you know, climbing partnerships, training military guys, et cetera. It's like, oh, I, I resonate with yeah. your vibe right. um, more more so than, and I think we had a, we, we cracked a joke about it. It's something about, you know, like, well, there's not too many guys cracking jokes in the mountains, are there? And, you know, or oh, taking yeah, things, that. taking yeah. taking things, <laughs> right. you know, sort of yeah. with great levity. And I'm like, well, there, there yeah. are, and there, it there, usually there. becomes were yeah. right. <laughs> because because uh, you got to take it seriously, and for and and um, and it and just the it, for for me watching you know being having been gr uh, 
fortunate to sort of get a peek into, especially when you were living out in the junction and and shooting, and shooting was the the thing, and and like okay, reloading over for the winter essentially, yeah. in order to go on the you know. The road sh- sh- to, to ship bullets around to the various area matches and then go, go on the road and, and shoot and um, in, in all these competitions but that level of attention to detail is the thing that struck me the the, the, yeah. the, the, the most okay. of that just a, a level of precision I mean and, and what we were just talking about okay the single stage reloading press that that you could you could reload 200 rounds an hour on that single stage hour. press yeah. which now if you're Familiar with a you know, yeah. 550 or even or some of the bigger ones like the multi-stage loaders. Okay, 200 an hour doesn't sound like anything, but a single stage. Yeah, that would be your average guy could probably maybe could struggle out 50 rounds in an hour or so. You know, okay. he'd be doing pretty good. And just the systems. I mean, in the, in the little shed behind the trailer, um, especially for reloading, the yeah. the systems that you had set up and taught, system taught fan, me. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't. It, it, which contradicts a little bit of the f- more freestyle nature of the way. I'm a systems man, but the but the system is never closed. That's especially okay. the way I am and live now. I've become like um, I can always I can always find a best way to do any repetitive task, um, but I can always find a way to improve that or alter that too. Like it's never the system's never closed. It's a, it's a never ending. Never it's always improving system is how I think about that type of thing where you're reloading or preparing ammo or you know like then when I'd be traveling for a couple months shooting area matches I might be shooting Ipsic area matches I might shoot second chance which has its own uh, load requirement I might shoot uh, Bianchi cup which has its own so I'm preparing multiple guns multiple different types of ammunition that have to meet different criteria maybe some on the chronograph maybe to knock a bowling pin off the table multiple all guns to shoot these different types of ammo with backup parts ready for all of them, and then and then I would all drive. I would drive. Wouldn't ship anything. I'd drive around with me in the van. Everything so, would be loaded in the okay. van. Okay. Yeah. For some reason, I thought there was like ammo got nope. shipped sometimes. No, that's a heavy van so to start the year. That's a serious legwork. Serious amount of legwork to to have all that dial because everybody else is just shooting one match, going home, loading up their stuff, the next match, going to the next match or whatever. Um, and you'd go out on the road and stay out for two, three a couple, months. A couple months, uh, you know, and never during the ten years that I did th- that I did that did I ever, you know, not meet the chronograph, have any sort of failure, have anything that shut me down ever. Oh, and it was in the era of the box gun, right? Also, like the gun had to fit in certain that, classes. Like the gun had to fit in the box. That era came and went. Like, it, I don't remember. That only lasted a year or two. Okay. Um, I just remember like the different yeah, criteria. Right. That, okay. If you're yeah. shooting, and. In that sense, basically, the criteria is just, just you know, completely different guns for shooting, you know, steel challenge, Ipsic, bowling pins, uh, Bianchi cup. They're just everything's just completely different about all of them. Um, so yeah, that was the challenge there. Which is a a level of uh, I don't know mastery in and of itself it to, was, it was, to yeah. sort of uh, to be able to assess yeah. all of those things right. and then right. and then or put your brain into space to say okay I got I'm today or this week or these two weeks or whatever yeah. I'm loading for this match I'm tuning my gun for this match and my backup and yeah. all those pieces and then have to think about it in a, in a little slightly different way 
Maybe those differences just appear big from the outside. But. And at that point, I'd been doing it long enough that, yeah, you know, you just get such, you have such a handle on everything, you know, become, you know, basically a, a, ma a master gunsmith on your own, you know, being able to repair anything that happens on your gun, you know. Um, and so it's all, it's all kind of second nature at that point. You just have, after 10 years of doing it, like that's all you've thought about for the last 10 years. Um, you know how that goes. You yeah. know, everything just becomes, there's no, you have no doubts about anything. Just, this needs to be done. This, all these things just need to happen. I know how to do them all. Um, and then you load it in the truck and the van or take off. Yeah. Um, when we used to, I don't know how many times we came down for New Year's, but there was a those were the best New Year's. Some of some yeah. of the, there was a there was a semi tradition. Yeah. Like I don't know if it would happen enough times to actually establish a tradition, but um, for me, one of the one of the most well, let's see, I, I have some stellar moments, you know, drifting, uh, drifting in and out through you know various psychedelic yeah. memories right. of uh, the most disturbing one being walking around maybe Mill Street and. Uh, hearing REO Speedwagon oh, yeah. playing someplace <laughs> on campus or something like right. that, which I thought was uh, that scene crushed yep. that band. That, yeah. that was fantastic. The, but the, the sitting out in front of the trailer uh, late into the night and burning the plaques and trophies yep. <laughs> of the ritual of the pre of the previous year, yeah. which t to me, like it's it's it, it signaled it indicated this level of non attachment or yeah. or, or, or you know to those trinkets, like the reference you you had the experience the the the, the, the token that was somewhat, you know, meant yeah. to be representative of the experience, wasn't needed. Wasn't needed, no. Um, and and there's and there, there's no reason really to hang on to it to show to others because you had the experience. You that was, uh, exactly, that was, that, that, those would be my thoughts exactly on that, yeah. Fucking fantastic, now I just wish I shot better pictures that night because I've got a couple of the bonfire. Yeah. But um, how did that ritual happen? Uh, maybe that, the burning ritual, I'm going to say, started for me at Second Chance because that match was a real, um, had a real party-like atmosphere to it. It was a completely different vibe than any other tournament. All the other tournaments were very strict shooting schedule time. You be here, you're on a squad, you go from this stage to this stage to this stage, whatever. Second Chance, you just go up to the line. The only rule was there was a main event that, that was called the main event. You had to shoot the main event and then you could shoot any optional event you wanted. So you would go up and say, I'm going to shoot the nine pin event. The, the pin setters would set up the nine pin table for you and you'd shoot those or whatever. And there was no... You second were, chance is all bowling pins? All bowling pins. Okay. Yeah. And no squads. They did have some steel targets on some rifle ranges, but for pistol it was all pins. And um, there was no uh, time required. Like you could show up on the third day and shoot your main event and shoot. you could just shoot whenever you wanted to basically. And you're there for... You're on the range shooting for seven, maybe eight days. The whole match Whoa. was going on uh, all day long, every day. You okay. shoot. So, you know, you, you just can't really shoot all that time. So there's a lot of downtime. But the, yeah. but the main difference was there was no squad times. You didn't have to start at any particular time. So the evenings tend to be, and there was lots of people camping. There might be 500 people at that match. 
and maybe two, maybe half of those people were camping in the big property Richard had um, right next to where the range was. Literally, you could just walk up to the range, and campers and tents, and you know me with my my Westphalia, and in the early days it was the old pickup truck, and so we would have our crew, our crew. We were eventually we had our own little flag we had called the pit. We had a fire pit probably the size of almost the size well half the size of this office we're in so it was probably <laughs> you know it was long it was probably 10 feet long because i remember we one time we got a bunch of logs that just barely fit in the back of an eight foot pickup truck we had an eight foot we had an entire back of a pickup truck full of logs like two man logs meaning two guys can yeah. barely lift it and then we had all those in there and they kind of almost filled it up endwise, and it was probably maybe two-thirds that wide. So it was a big fire pit where a lot of people could just sit around and have some beers and talk shit all night. And those would go on late into the night, most every night. Um, and so you could, you know... You might start the day a little later. You might start the day a little later. Progressively later as the um, tournament so, goes on. <laughs> and so that became... Something happened at that point where somebody burned something instead of throwing it out and then that became a thing like we would if you if <laughs> remember my my dear friend Matt Davis um, he was <laughs> he was, oh, me up there. he was showing me some new something that he had that he was all excited about <laughs> and I grabbed it off his hand and threw it in the fire because I was like you're too we're way too attached to this thing burn it burn it and he was so pissed off he was like he went running into the fire and got it out of there and somehow managed to save it but but that was the thing and then so I would just because of we used to ritual burn things there I don't like this shirt anymore burn it you know you have a few beers in you maybe and uh, that got more and more fun and so then it became a thing on New Year's Eve where you just save stuff up but it wouldn't have to be trophies it could just be anything that would burn yeah basically that you could burn and we had the you know the acre and a quarter out there to have a great fire and have a nice burning it, it to, to me, I, I uh, and maybe coming from a sport that didn't ever have, you know, the, the tokens you come back with are like broken pieces of gear. Or, yeah, right. Know, <laughs> Somebody's giving you trophies. Um, but, the, but there, yeah. yeah, there's no trophies. There's yeah. no plaques. There's no right. like if you, maybe there'd be a magazine article and I get like super attached to that kind of thing. And and uh, to and, and so for me, you know the. Um, I did finally, I gotta say, well, I should have burned it, but I was too attached to it. You know? <laughs> there was a, a plaque from like the Utah State Ipsic Championship or something. It, um, but the, but for, for me to see that, it was, it, it was a revelation in, in the sense because I had, like the, because for, for me, the souvenirs that I would have brought back from the mountains, you know, that might have been a token or some kind of representation of a particular experience, those things were super important to me. Okay. But, um, but they weren't, but, and partially, you know, some of those things uh, were because, oh, I did this route with this guy and that guy's, you know, he's dead now. And so now I have this thing and, right. and this is, this is my my connect whether I need that physical talisman as a connection you know to to that guy you know it's uh, open for debate and, and certainly you know the answer has changed as I've aged sure yeah. Um, but uh, yeah watching some of those trophies go up I was like damn I you know there was part of me thinking man thinking like ah he's ah, 
He's got plenty. He's won so much because, I mean, if we just kind of walk through a little bit of the, you know, the, 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 the shooting history in a sense, you know, here that, you know, when after you started shooting with Rob and, you know, we battled each other on the uh, on our way to the top of the local scene. And for many years, either me or Rob won every Arizona State Championship. And then, you know, looking back uh, to starting to shoot the steel challenge and the other what do you, you call them carnival, carnival match. matches carnival that matches. was our like, that was our name for those kind of we i don't know where that came from but that's we all understood them as such so you're a carny you're, you're they're just like uh <laughs> like i don't know they're yeah yeah <laughs> carnival matches just like have this uh, not but, real not real like ipsic was the real deal okay you know and these are just fun you know, but not the real test. And so, like, so for the say the the steel challenge, um, it, <clears throat> I think um, at that national, I think when we were talking about the this national shooting sports um, federation foundation something or other event that I went to, uh, I think Dalton set up a couple of, of stages from the steel challenge. Okay, um, and so I. I have a very vague understanding of what that that particular match was, but that seemed to be the the thing that uh, went the fastest, where any amount of tension that you carry will will slow you down, and that, that it go. seemed like some of these some of the stages are, and and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but there but there's a the, the stages repeated every single times that the match was held yeah they stayed right. basically like the same as the years went by a couple of them changed and new ones were added but they based in and basically they were the same every year so you could rehearse these oh, you could massively. you could set up these things yeah. hence you know obviously and, and everyone could set them up and practice them yeah so in the beginning i can tell you some more history about that yeah. so in the beginning yeah. very first deal challenge that i went to and i think it was 81 i said there i finished fifth or something like that um i didn't have steel targets i couldn't afford steel targets you know um i stapled paper plates on the end of sticks and stuck those in the little target stand i had some target stands for paper targets but you know we had the little furring strips yeah and so all the targets for the everything that i practiced regardless of what the target actually was in the match for me it was a nine inch paper plate um and I just put them out kind of where I thought the targets looked like they would be in the match and shot that way. And that turned out to be a really good way to practice because you shoot five strings of the five targets and you don't hear any dings. And now you got to go down and look at the targets and now you had to be calling your shot. You, know, you, you, you hit every target and you want to see five holes in every plate or your runs didn't count. So, it, so my practice for that match evolved from that to the end or say 10 years later, Maybe a couple of years later, uh, you know, now we had the, the range going out. When I was practicing for that match, I was just shooting out in the desert. I wasn't at any sort of range. Okay. And then it was probably a year or two after that where Rio Salado got us our first practical pistol two bays in there. And then now because the club was funding it, now we had steel targets. And so now we're thinking we're in heaven. We have actual steel targets to practice on. Um, and then... But the, the, and this was the same for the Bianchi Cup too. Like you practice at your home range um, 
and then you go to the match and you shoot the match cold turkey. How that changed over the years, which uh, maybe not be that well understood, is because of the, as the popularity of the matches grew and as the prize money grew or whatever, local ranges started setting up their version. They had the exact duplicates of the match. So, so, the way, so instead of just showing up at the match and shooting cold turkey one time, one chance, what you practiced for you know two months to shoot, yeah. now every, every single top competitor is going to a range that's 15 minutes down the road that has all the courses set up. And shooting the stage, they're gonna drive over and shoot. They're just gonna bing, 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 bang out a few other rounds, drive to the match and shoot that stage and repeat for the match. It just, it just made me sick. Like I just hated that. And if you didn't do that, you're you, not going to be competitive. You can't be competitive. No. Yeah. And it was the same for the Bianchi Cup. You know, they had you'd go. I mean, I stayed at a guy's house one time who was a he was a pretty well-to-do guy, and because um, a group of us stayed there, Robbie Arndt stayed there, maybe a couple other people stayed there. Well, this guy's friends, we were his friends, fortunately, and he had the massive. He had the whole range set up right on his property. We just slept in his house and went outside and shot whenever we wanted. Shot the stage we were going to shoot. Drove over to the match and shot the match. And uh, wow. you know, it was just like I'm done with this. After like yeah. a couple years, it took a couple years of that. I didn't want any part of that, and that's why, that's why I was going to quit um, in 1990 because that 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 that's how it all had evolved to up to that point, and that's why the that's where the carnival matches had just became the worst matches for me. That's a pretty enormous difference, really. Enormous to, difference. To, yeah, <laughs> to shoot something cold yeah. turkey versus something to to. Especially like you said, man, I can just go shoot. I'm going to practice the stage, you know, ten times. Get in my car, yeah. drive to the match, right. and then shoot the stage. Yeah. Wow. I. Uh, I I don't think I could handle that. Yeah, I couldn't either. handle. Like I it just, doesn't. I didn't want. To, I just. I had lost all of my love. Yeah. For those those matches because of you that. just sort of. Yeah, there's over rehearsal, maybe, yeah. or or something, but or or just the idea. I just like that the, the way that you described it is that yeah, I practiced this for two months and then went, you know, practiced yeah. up to a couple of days before the match yeah. and then flew to the match or drove to the match or whatever and then had to had do it. You yeah, just yeah. Get, you basically get no warm up. You right. You go. Yep. You know what's coming. Um, that being, you know, I say over rehearsal, but but that being said, um, we well, one of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier was this idea was the idea that you, you learned after some experience that the courses of fire that you could rehearse um, that were in certain matches those were the matches that you did better at as opposed to sort of I think ad libbing yes. was the kind right. of thing where there's a surprise stage or something yeah. that's that um, and. I guess that's part, part of that is like being a systems. Yeah, um, definitely. It's a temperament. Yeah, it's a temperament. Temperament thing. thing. Yeah. But I, like when, when uh, we talked about that today, I would never have. Uh, it never occurred to me. Like I mm -hmm. had always thought, oh, partially because I kind of think that you levitate in your spare time. I kind of <laughs> think that um, that you you could just sort of absorb or adapt to. I feel like Anything. I might be actually better at that now. I mean, I've quit shooting for 15 years, but um, just my mental, my mindset throughout the day, every day is uh, more open. Just I feel more uh, open and continuously aware than I ever have. 
um, way more so than when I was competing. Um, the system thing carried over. I mean, the I system, could, yes, I mean that's that's because that's deeply seated. Yeah. Um, I I just I noticed that in the uh, the coffee production. Yeah. Out in the kitchen, that I seemed to a, be a very. Si- I got a new system for you out uh, there. You haven't seen yet. Okay, <laughs> I'm ready. I, one of my favorite things when we came when they came down for Christmas of, um, year and whatever that was ago uh, was we we were talking about like. Uh, okay, well, how many grams of beans do you use yeah. for this or this? And and I think I was on the 30 gram thing for my Chemex or something at the point, depend, de- depending on whether it's a light roast or a dark roast and um, that sort of thing. But but I just, you reminded me of like the drill of like, okay, I'm just gonna pour 30 grams. I can usually get to within like a 10th of a gram just by feel yeah. is what you told me. Right. And I was like, okay. It nothing has changed. <laughs> it's just gone from, you know, firearms and reloading to, to yeah, you know, exactly. Every yeah, everything that I, you know, I feel like I, some ways like I feel like I learned it from shooting. Like I had some crazy experiences while practicing and in competitions that I can still remember really clearly. Um, you know, out-of-body experiences, like witnessing experiences where I was watching myself shoot at the same time I was watching the shooting happen type stuff. Maybe the, the like the underlying states of mind that allowed those uh, experiences to happen, um, was very aware of those, you know, and they're like, and they've never... Like I feel like maybe in one sense, like the lesson, the things that I learned in, in shooting that weren't that had nothing to do with shooting, um, that have that have never left me. You know, maybe they were kind of already there, waiting to come out. You know, okay. And shooting kind of brought them out to where I could see them. It gave me like a testing ground or an opportunity to uh, have some realizations that uh, things aren't maybe as they seem so much all the time, and then. And then when I quit shooting, then that you know that has never left me. That's just a continuing, um, continuing evolution. Yeah. So learning, I mean, by <clears throat> learning the, that level of or that that uh, sensitivity from shooting, yeah. But but applying it outside of, yes. or or noticing that it's also useful or part right. of living it's, outside of. Yeah. When it's, you talk about like the the witnessing. Um, sort of thing of, uh, and do you think, um, does that have, you know, like, I wanna, uh, does that have anything to do with, do you, do you feel like the, the, those kinds of experiences were more prevalent or, or influenced somewhat by, um, the, uh, the <laughs> by the, by psychedelic drug use, no, or I would say or, no. ge- or purely sensitive, purely, obviously not pure, pure, yeah, by environmental, you know, just are being the, so present, so present, yes, okay, every time. Um, I remember when. Um, it just reminded me. Of, for, I went through a phase for a couple of years where there was a local Zen center in Tempe, and I was became a regular there. Um, you know, it was there most weekdays at 5 a.m. And then and uh, here comes for, the train. Uh, yes, Sorry. it's always, anyway. <laughs> always going to get the train. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
The train stops everything. Yeah. Um, so we would, um, and then usually I think it was Sunday. Anyways, I went there a lot, and I was talking with Roshi there one time, and I had t I told him that um, that back in the days, back when I was younger, and I took a lot of acid, took a lot of LSD, that it was a those many of those trips were life-changing events for me like i yeah. would remember you know how you would just have this a sudden clarity into something that you were struggling with or you know you would look at maybe i can remember when i lived in ohio i can remember looking at my little work area my garage and just like realizing that the connectedness of there was no separation between like my body and everything that you could that was done as a result of my body you know those type of just profound insights um that those uh, you know now the, those just don't happen they didn't happen anymore and my the most profoundest most profoundest like insight knowledge you know is, a, is like insight knowledge is like when you realize something in a flash and and you and there's no doubt about the depth of its truth as opposed to you know accumulated knowledge where you're just repeating words that you've heard um, or, or maybe even just thoughts that you have, you know, insight just hammers you and it's done yeah. and you know for certain. Um, like a, in, in silence now, the, the insights that come are way heavier duty than anything I'd ever had from tripping. Wow, even even at a younger age, you know, age that was like probably more formative 15 sort of years ago, maybe. Okay. That was, um, I can't remember time frames very well, but that was probably around 15 years or so ago. I remember telling the Roshi that, that I didn't care about. Like if I, if I, you know, if I decided to trip today, it was never because I wanted an insight from it. I just don't care about that anymore. Right. Um, uh, you know, and, in, in the beginning it was, but then you like were with shooting, In the beginning though, you were, you were seeking. And that was, it, when I was younger, like that would be more like when I, before I moved out of from Ohio, I would say. Okay. And then when I got here and I started I got the job for the prison and quickly got into competition and, and I knew as soon as I shot my first match that this is what I've been waiting to see my whole life. This is what I want to do, you know? And um, and then when I got into that, it was I didn't trip at all then. I even stopped drinking for a long period of time. I just was really focused on what I was doing, just shooting. That's all I ever thought about or did, you know? Um, and then and then when I started tripping again, that was a long time later. And when I was shooting at that time, the insights that I had, like the, the very first one that I ever had that altered, that, that I knew was going to, that I knew at that, when it happened, changed everything the way I ever thought about anything that I ever did again, you know, especially in shooting, was when that time I told this story before, when we, I was, I was practicing for the Bianchi Cup with Robbie. We had taken the bottom end off of my 45 and put the top end of his on it because mine was a box stock government model and would shoot maybe into 10 inches at 50 yards so it wasn't even accurate enough out of a bench you know <laughs> but with his top end on my bottom end i still had my trigger pull that i was familiar with and the gun would shoot about four or five inches okay that's 50 yards which was now acceptable and so i was shooting the the 50 yard string which is um at that one of the strings is there's two targets of 50 yards and you're shooting at a four inch X ring and an eight inch 10 ring. So you wanna get all your shots inside the eight ring. And the time limit is 15 seconds for six shots. And at that distance, you drop prone was what we all did then. And I dropped down prone, I fired those six shots. And when I um, kind of got up to, stood up to unload the gun, that, those were the last six shots of that string, uh, 50 yards and getting ready to go down the target. When I got up the, the my perceptual visual universe, like what was that? TV show was like 
Star Trek where they went into hyperspace at the beginning uh, and the, it was like the, the Star Wars Star Wars the, yeah the original Star Wars movie maybe and the, it was whatever show it was Star Trek Star Wars there was like there was like the I think there were stars and then they were, it was Star Trek because it would be like something Scotty was oh, involved yeah, with. Oh, yeah, 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 it could and be. It actually, takes actually, yeah. hyperspace. Yes. And everything would just turn into like a blur. Yeah. What happened, what I had visually was everything was the re reverse of that. Like as I as I stood up and it's, everything, the world appeared from a, a homogenous, one homogenous, like what you normally see as objects and all the objects just came into view. Like whoosh, Okay. And it was like the world just suddenly appeared from a world that was... That, that you had not been in uh, for no. the previous... And so, and the result of that was I had no idea how long I'd been down there shooting. And, I, you know, I was well-trained enough at that point. I could tell you well, that was a game of ours. We would guess the time. So the time was 15 seconds. When you're done, you'd say it's 14.6 seconds. And you'd usually be within a tenth of a second, you know. Um, I couldn't tell you if I was down there for 15 seconds or, or 60 seconds. I had no zero track of time. And then the world reappeared. And we then, then we walked down to look at the target, which was even the more amazing part. And the, the gun, the groups on the targets were tighter than the gun would shoot from a bench rest. All the shots were in the X-rings of both targets. Wow. And the gun wouldn't, do, wouldn't even shoot that well. It was almost like some magical force was compensating making those bullets go in there, you know, misalign, whatever, you know, because you can't yeah. have a perfect sign alignment even prone. The gun's sights are moving around a little bit. Yeah. But it was, uh, that was like, whoa, man, I, there's definitely something more to shooting than, you know, bullets and pistols. One of the things that um, I, I would, and, and I would have to um, heatedly agree with you about that. Okay. <laughs> um, and, it, and for me, that was, there the, are, the, the, Parts in your in your book, which um, I, I realized today was published in 1990. Right. Um, practical. Uh, beyond fundamentals. Yeah, beyond fundamentals. But um, uh, and, and it, it's still. I, I mean, it's, for me, you know, my first pass on that book, it didn't. I didn't. I, I was reading it to learn about shooting. I was in, okay. com, I was shooting competitively at the time. I wanted to shoot better. I, I, now I've got the magic insight, you know, the insight, <laughs> everything I need. Right. And the first pass on the book, I was just like, this isn't about shooting. Okay, right. This is yeah. this is about interacting with the world around you, around me, and interacting with me, and realizing reading some of the the, the the pieces you know the yeah there's some practical certainly there it means practical shooting it's the name of the book yeah. obviously there's practical pieces to it but for me it was the the insight and it was way more applicable to climbing for okay. me because of the deep relationship I had with climbing um, than it was to shooting where my my experience and with it and and truly assimilated knowledge of it was qu quite shallow because I was new to it. It was something incredibly yeah. foreign to me. Um, that uh, that you know, it, and it's I mean it's a it's a it's a philosophy book to me. Okay. Yeah. And, and and but it's a philosophy book. It's a it's a philosophy which is tied to a particular means, and that means is happened to be pistol competition yeah. at the time. And and I will still go back every now and then pick something up. I mean I I, I can't read it fresh anymore because there's too much underlying stuff and it's almost impossible <laughs> yeah, to open it like that, yeah. and see the underlying thing and not go immediately to it. Yeah. Whereas the lessons that I could, and those lessons were the 
what is underlined there is what was relevant to me, who I was at that time that I read it. So late 90s, early 2000s, let's say. <coughs> um, now the person, the reader is different and I would get different things from it, but I can't, I get anchored uh, by my underlining and, okay. and, and then yeah. transported you know, I'll give you a new back one. to. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, I'll, I will. Uh, <clears throat> if you just promise to launch this goddamn blog, yeah. um, I'll, I'll, I'll pay retail for, <laughs> for a fresh right. copy. <laughs> um, but, it, but that that was having read that. I mean, it's one of the reasons also that I that I um, asked you to write the foreword for Kiss or Kill is because the. Because what you had demonstrated in in, in your book is um, the I don't know the shooting beyond the shooting you know or, okay. or something yeah. the, the, the 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 stuff that 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 allows that makes shooting well possible yes. in, in, in yeah, a way I agree with that that, yeah. that that we that we typically are unaware of yeah you know just the 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 most it just sinks deeper and deeper the most the most basic just magical power of being able to of noticing anything just being you know called being aware noticing noticing is like a really fresh state of mind where you're aware you can you know when you walk into a room and you notice something's out of place just that the speed and the beauty and the just the, that amazing gift, you know, we just typically don't appreciate it enough, yeah. you know, and when you, as you see that, that's kind of what's allowing everything to happen. Everything you do, everything I do, yeah. is depends on the power of noticing, of, and, then, and then you see for a little bit further and you see that of all the creatures on the earth, man is the only one that can not only know that he's noticing but can direct where he is noticing and the conscious ability to move your attention around that's just the most incredible power that's the most that's the man's most powerful and it's just typically unnoticed or unappreciated you know that's where kind of I'm at now the uh yeah, there's a, there's a, a a lot of lip service paid to mindfulness or yes, no, massively, yeah, um, and 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 this type of thing, and and and, uh, but to truly notice, I mean, for me these these days, I I uh, my camera is what refines my okay. my it noticing, makes, yeah, you know, in a way. Um, it had for, for, for me. It's it. I'm still not free of the means, you know, by which I practice noticing, or by which okay. I find yeah. my sensitivity, and okay. and, um, and 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 work. You know, talked a little bit about this book I've been working on, but you know, part of like coming back down here in quotation marks had you know, and and being okay with being down here in a you know the real world where I which I used to consider totally trivial compared to 
whatever experiences I yeah, had in sure. the mountains. Yeah. Um, but but uh, be, being down here, and, and the, the the key for me to you know being I don't want to say satisfied because that's not it, but being you know having a, an, an enriching life or a full you know feeling fulfilled in some way has to do with noticing it has to do with sensitivity and I'm, and and lately it's been the camera that's allowed me to do that before it was climbing there was some shooting yeah. thing. like so for me it's seen it's 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 been tied to a particular means generally that the, the, the work yeah. on the sensitivity it i feel like now you have sort of detached yourself from the means in, in a way like yeah. you don't um, the means is always available now because it's everywhere because it's in you because it's not tied to it's it's always available because it's not tied to any one thing or I don't know how to say that other than it's just I know I'm just aware of it more um, and that's not due to any sort of accident you know it's um, you know like I've been looking back like I every, every once in a while I'll let myself remember back a little bit and I'll just see some interesting connections in life, you know, like that whole, these, I've always been drawn to, I mean, I was initially drawn to shooting. As soon as I saw guns on TV, I'm like, that's what I want to do. And then just like, then, then you read my book, I started out talking about awareness and focus. I don't talk about yeah. shooting at all, you know? Yeah. And it's just, that's, there's just always been something magical about the simple capacity of being aware that's just always been there inside me somewhere. Um, I remember the first time, so clearly, the first time in my life I heard the word Zen ever, you know, the first time it ever appeared was in a magazine. <clears throat> it was probably, I was probably, it was right before I moved from Ohio, so I was probably, you know, I was probably 20, 21 years old. It was a music magazine and it was about John Denver, the article was about John Denver, and in the article he said he was saying he had just discovered Zen and how it had changed his life. And I was like, Zen? I'd never heard that word spoken or read it in my life until that moment in my life. And then so the interviewer immediately asked him, well, what is Zen? And he said, well, what Zen means is what is, is. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, that's what I've been waiting to hear. I just knew it, I, you know, church, I had to force to go to church. and. I was a doubter my whole life in school. Whatever they taught me about science, I'm like, nope, this is not all true. This is just your agreements. Everybody's going to agree to talk about like this, and these agreements are going to change. We have new agreements. This isn't what's really going on in this world. I just always knew that, or I always felt that. And so when I read that little what is is, I'm like, bam, off to the bookstore, buying every book I could buy on Zen, Christian, you know, and that got me started at that, and that's never stopped. Um, so yeah, it's just something that's always been a pull with, I know that it's something pulling me towards that. And, and now that I have the opportunity to, um, now that I don't have to work 24 seven, uh, you know, but when the Dylan business was really heavy, I could maybe take a couple half Fridays off a year. I mean, that was it. I was just mm. flat out constantly. Wow. And you know, so now I can read my stuff or whatever I can take the I can you know take my favorite books and type all of my categorize all different topics and type and organize and with the, with I have no idea what I'm ever going to do with it I just enjoy doing it you know um, like my, my my real big topic that I've that I've always been interested in is like a theme two of them actually um, 
One is in, you know, I've read a major amount of information books on, you know, Zen, Buddhism, Taoism, um, more recently non-duality, Advaita, and that's where I know that I was really, that's where I know that now, now that I know that Zen was intended to take me there, to the Advaita okay. philosophy, the Indian philosophy, but, um, um, and so it's so interesting, you read from these different masters, you know, the most highly regarded masters from different eras, different countries, different time periods, um, that had absolutely no connection with anything, and they're all saying exactly the same thing. Yes. Exactly the same thing. They are all saying the same thing. That's my, that's the theme that I'm always working with. And then and it's like, that's, there's no coincidence. I mean, there's no, they're not, you know, a guy that's realizes true nature and then immediately spends the rest of his life every day talking to people who will listen to him and hoping to transmit this information. I mean, he's not doing that to make money. He's doing that because the real ones, you yeah. know, he's yeah. doing that because he's seen something that's so powerful that he just hopes a few other people can see it. You know, you should listen to him. He's not making this shit up, yeah. you know. And then the other theme is like, um, it's like the it's like the when is it right, when is it not right theme. And this is a more practical theme that I'd really like to expand on. But and the it being your natural response to a a, a challenge a challenge or yeah. some kind of stimulus some kind of stimulus you know and so i mean very seldom is your natural reaction the correct one or the best one you know sometimes it is like if you're startled and you assume a defensive pose or yeah. whatever you know um but you know like if i handed you a golf club or and said go hit some golf balls you, you know you wouldn't have a chance of probably barely even hitting the ball let alone hit it in a direction or with any distance you need instruction um, you need to learn from people that have already figured it out, like same way with shooting a pistol, you know. Yeah. So many things, you know, some, you know, like you, you will start with an idea, you have a goal, I want to accomplish this, and usually the first way, the first 20 ways you think to be there are probably going to be the wrong way, you know. And so that's like a recurring theme that you can watch for in your everyday life's challenges is when is it right, when is it not right, you know, really watch your first re reactions to, to specific challenges, it's interesting. Do you feel like the the um, the fact that all of the masters, let's say, across wide variety of disciplines, and this is yeah, uh, uh, um, it, the reason they're all saying the same thing, and my for, for for me, my my appreciation of it, or is that oh well, we're talking about human experience in the world, okay. so of course we're saying the same. As long as we are being truthful, we're going to say the same thing. These guys are pointing a maybe a little difference in that. Okay. What they're pointing us toward isn't anything that you can experience. And this is where it's not going to make any sense. Isn't anything that you can experience um, by way of your memory. And so what they're pointing us to, like when, like when one guy says, you know, is this, he's telling you what to do to practice, for example, whatever. Turn your attention back upon yourself and observe. That's all he says. So if you took that, if you, and you just repeated that sentence and made it into a 200-page book, <clears throat> that's that's where um, Ad Beta kind of takes the teaching of Zen and really hammers it into the to the continuous. You need to be continuously aware. This is the goal, um, as opposed to just now and then. I'm turning gonna, it on. I'm and off, turn like it on and yeah. off. You know, um, and so another guy says. Um, 
he said turn your attention back upon yourself and observe just be aware mirror-like right now he's saying the exact same thing completely different so they're they're eliminating the function of the mind by telling you that because as soon as you that's the, I mean that's all the mind is is thought as soon as you yes. look for the mind as soon as you as soon as the mind turns around to look for itself wherever it is it finds that it isn't there that it's only appears to be appearing there when you're not looking for it yeah and so that's the part that is you can't be understood the mind can't understand that when the mind becomes silent by by looking for it um, you know you can't they're pointing at your true nature your true nature can't be anything in the mind because the only thing the all everything that's in your mind is stuff you've been told is yes after you've been born after you your body comes out pop you know boom what do I got you know I got a lot alert that's all you got that's 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 how you came in that everything else was added all the thoughts the beliefs the emotions and then we can't be any of that years yeah. unadding yeah unadding <laughs> that's all it comes out to is unadding removing I think there was a, a something that uh, Bruce Lee had said about um, yeah it, it, it's not sort of daily acquisition it's daily hacking away hacking away yeah, yeah. Right. I, and speaking of I remember on the wall, out in the junction on the on the wall of the trailer, in the, in what sort of amounted to the office, right? <laughs> coming with coming the desk old. in it. Right. Yeah. yeah, there was a there was a letter from uh, uh, Dan Inosanto um, that I, I, I would suspect it must have been on the upon a, in the occasion of having read Practical Shooting um, was. Uh, Acknowledging. Yes, it was. That was one of the very few uh, treasures. I don't still have that, I don't think. But if I, I still had anything from the past, that would be one of them. We, I, I would say that. Robbie yeah. and I, have, we had the good fortune. We met a, a, a knife fighter guy, Ernie Franco, and he knew Dan. And he, so from that connection, um, we became friends with Ernie. I think we met him at a trade show. And we just somehow, for whatever reason, connected really quickly. And, um, and then he knew... Dan and so he got us into the academy there and um, so we got to spend a couple days just hanging out watching those guys train and got to meet Dan and Osanto and he immediately just piled all of his books he's the nice greatest guy in the world he just gave him all of his books signed copies of like four books and so I sent him a copy of mine and then he sent me that letter that said that my book embraced the principles of JKD and he was recommending it to all of his students. I was like, whoa. It was like, yeah. I'm crying right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it was, uh, to, to have, yeah, I mean, that, I, the idea, I mean, let's just maybe explore that a second. Uh, the, the, the idea of, of Jeet Kune Do, of it, of it I, I don't. I don't. I would do a disservice by trying to define it in yeah. certain. You know, in in. in it's like uh, absorb what is useful, take what is useful, type thing. It yeah. Sounds. Yeah. It sounds trivial. It sounds you can like say a, that. Like a marketing yeah, scam. Right. Now I shouldn't be. I should be signing up for a credit card of some kind, maybe. Yeah. But but um, but but the, but the idea of it. I mean, it's and it's what we tried to do. Let's say in the mountains of, because I don't know. We were not necessarily inventing. We were discovering. A, a a different way of doing things by learning tradition, practicing tradition, and uh, unadding 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> definitely be on that. <laughs> you, 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 um, you know, some of the things that we felt were, you know, preventing us from um, expressing our, okay. you know, ourselves freely in a way. Uh, and yeah. Uh, um, and and it seems with you know obviously during your tenure in sort of competitive shooting it evolved considerably from um, you know let's just say sort of pure marksmanship bullseye kind of thing to the um, the uh, the police practical I can't even remember what PC stands for. Uh, um, police practical combat. Police practical, yeah, yes. I think uh, that's a police practical combat kind of match, and 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 sort of, and then the the the, the different games or the the sort of subsets of it coming along. I mean, it just yeah. it it's, it does definitely seems like um, th- there was you know tradition that was experienced, and then not necessarily fully rejected, but just said, okay, we're gonna go. Over here, yeah, and and practice, or, or maybe invent even, but but we were I, really good at as Ipsic shooters as as a core at the core. Then when all the carnival matches started springing up, like for Steel Challenge, or especially we really noticed that like with the Masters or the Sportsman Team Challenge, where you're shooting, where the point of those tournaments was to bring shooters from other disciplines and combine them all into one little melting pot. Yeah, because of our because of the nature of Ipsic shooting and the, and the requirements of the, you know, the instant adapting and adjusting, the, the, you know, you're not just shooting static courses of fire. You may have to, you know, hit a target at five yards in a half a second or shoot, you know, an eight inch spot on a 50 yard target in two seconds, you know, or whatever. Anything you could possibly be moving to, everything is constantly adapting. We adapted to the fixed sports really quickly. And we got to where, like in some of those events, we would we could even beat the pros from those sports at their own game because um, of the adaptability. Because of the adaptability that yeah. you trained into and yourself. We had so much. Yeah, we we could just really quickly pick up a a twenty-two pistol, you know, shooting one hand at a bull's like a bullseye type thing, and, and figure out what is necessary to hit that target. You know, from the kind of the what is necessary, what is unnecessary attitude that we were so heavily ingrained to. And that's why, I mean, we were, it's our temperament that drew us into that sport. Yeah. Like we, you know, if I, if I was, if my temperament, if I enjoyed standing at the 50 yard line and shooting the same targets for 20 years with the same gun um, in the same time limit, that, that, would that, would, that would be a different temperament. That would be a different Oh, yeah. And so, like, like Sportsman's Team Challenge, <clears throat> which yeah. um, you were on the championship Shot. team five times. I think it's five times. Five yeah. times. Yeah. Um, that is Pistol. basically the precursor to the th- sort of three-gun competition? Mm, or not Not really related. No. Okay. Three-gun was around long before that was. And okay. then, you know, back in the days for the Soldier of Fortune match, and we did oh, really right. well at that match. Okay. Uh, me, and, me and Robbie would, would mop up at that match pretty well. And then, again, just because we adapted to those guns really quickly because yeah. of our training. And so then, and then at some point, the three-gun and USPSA came out, and the Sportsman Team Challenge was its own deal. It was originally called the Chevy Truck because Chevy right. Truck sponsored it. Okay. 
and they gave away a bunch of money. I remember and it was so a, they're giving the away a bunch of money. Was, we're going, we're there, you know, yeah. wherever the money was is where we wanted to go because that's how we made our money. You know, it wasn't, I, I wasn't I was just eking out a living otherwise working as a mechanic up until I got <clears throat> fairly well sponsored. But anyways, that was um, some, a couple pistol courses, like you would shoot maybe a steel challenge match with. And then, um, and then a very specialized pistol course, like a precision match with 20 shooting a 22 pistol that was also mixed in with a 22 rifle, 22 pistol, and one other gun. I can't remember what that was. All, and you're all three shooting at the same time, the goal being to clear a bank of targets of various difficulty levels. Okay. And then shotguns at flush. A flush scenario, a flurry scenario, and a five stand scenario. So it's a massively diverse skill set um, wow. required to you know to do well on all of those. But and again, as pistol shooters, we adapted really quickly to that. Well, one thing that we had sort of talked about. Uh, I mean, we've talked about a lot, <laughs> but but earlier today was just this the the, the idea of the let's say the, the, the volume versus intensity argument. I mean, we yeah. can make it in our sort of fitness discussions a lot, but, but really um, it, 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 it stems from, you know, when we got on the topic today was the discussion of, you know, the, 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 the hack, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the way that okay, the, the, yeah. the shortcut kind of thing that the, 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 um, the, the fact that so much knowledge is so instantly available right now yeah. that the, the, the knowledge can, the, the, well, we'll call it knowledge, and I'm going to use the air quotes on it, can be okay. acquired quite rapidly. Um, but, and, and it's something that I noticed with climbing is that, you know, yes, I packed, you know, 10 years of climbing experience into five years, or, you know, but okay. I still only had five years of experience. Okay. Yeah. And right. I, so no matter how much I did, it, like that sort of interaction, that constant interaction with the thing, constantly, you know, doing the thing, it really matters. And, and one of the podcasts I mentioned that we recorded um, with this uh, guy, Joe Holmes, who's a bike racer and he's been racing his bike for uh, 33, 34 years now, um, was the, the, the concept of, of expertise without experience. And what you had fired back at me was that, you know, if you're, if you're consciously having to think about something while you're doing it, you don't yeah. know it you have you, right you, you have, have and maybe it, yeah. maybe you haven't enough experience with it or wh however we want to sort of semantically dance around that but yeah but the 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 time matters the time does matter yeah and and the, those hours matter yeah. and the fact that um i just i remember you know casually you know one night talking about oh yeah um yeah robbie and i <clears throat> used to do 500 mag changes a night oh yeah something we, like that. We do, right, so, but, the the amount of like dry firing, dry drawing that I did over a twenty year period is twenty year period is unbelievable. It never stopped. I mean, and Robbie's were I would do I would set up and practice like every day. I would do have my dry firing rituals, dry drawing, very, you know, different little scenarios involved. Um, but I never stopped over twenty years, and that's all I needed to warm up for a match. I would arrive at the match with my Volkswagen van. Um, everybody else maybe had been practicing coming off the practice range or whatever. I'd pop the top so I could stand up, put my holster on, draw for five, ten minutes, and just get the, get the groove, feel in the groove, and I, I couldn't be any more ready to shoot after that. Wow. Um, and so, like, the, you know, it's just the... Such as hours and hours and hours in that space just, of, yeah. of aware... Just paying attention, just feeling, just getting the, you know, just getting the feeling yeah. coming out. Um, you know, and you're just... Like for so many years, 
you know, it's, it's, I guess it's like this 10 year window I've heard talked about before, but it's, it was a real thing. Like the, that's all you think about. That's all you're oh, ever yeah. thinking about, you know, and if you're, do, you're doing something, we're going to equipment, shooting, loading ammo, or you're thinking about it, you know, and like I was a super note taker or a freak show and every match, every practice session, I had notes from what I learned, what I did wrong, what I did right, what to work on next time, you know. That's where the book came, that was the source of how the book got printed, was, that's where it started, was, um, it? was that information. And I, it was all just for me, I didn't, it was just, you know, because I'm a note taker and I wanted to, I, and I know I'll learn from that, so I know I'll go back and learn, maybe re-remember something that I, I, had, I had forgotten, you know, I learned it, wrote it down, and then forgot yeah. it, you know, just, I worked that way. And, um, and then a friend saw him, a friend saw my notes one day, it was Craig Gifford, he was an old Southwest Pistol League shooter. He just happened to be here for, I think he was probably here for a Soldier Fortune match, that's why he would have been here. And I showed him um, my notebooks and he looked at him and he said, this needs to be in print and you need to get paid for this. And I was like, what? It's just this, you know. And then Wait, every, that's a thing? Yeah, that's, that's like impossible. That could happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so yeah, that's how that got started. Just like the, we were, I mean, Robbie and I won time, I can't remember, 90s probably, early. We drove to the Southwest Pistol League in California to shoot two stages of the Steel Challenge. It was double trouble and five to go. And the normal Steel Challenge is six or seven stages. We drove all the way over there to shoot two stages, so, and then drove home. We won both stages. We went to the, those guys' home range. Yeah. I won double trouble and he won five to go. We drove home seven hours drive home. We talked of nothing else but those two stages, shooting those two stages for seven hours. Like that's how we were into that's it. That's how yeah, into it. That's how into it. Yeah. We'd be eating the, go out to Bob's Big Boy where we used to go after the Thursday night matches. Yeah. And there's a group of us sitting there and every single night, every single Thursday night, it's just blah, 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 shooting. And then you go out in the parking lot, you don't even leave. You just, I remember standing for hours in the parking lots talking to people about shooting. It's just, it's crazy how much time, you know, experience it takes. There's no hack for that. And there's no hack for there's that. There's no, no shortcut for that. There's no, like that, that level of, like the, just the, the, the constant exposure to it and, and the, I think the, the sharing and to hear other people articulate an idea yeah. in their and words then, based yep. on their experience and observing yeah, that. And then somebody discusses the exact same thing from their personal their perspective, view, yeah. and their perspective. Uh, um, and, and this is why when, you know, th these days of, you know, the, the internet expert yeah. is what right. you know, like fondly call it yeah. because, um, it just it it it, it reviles me in a way. Yeah, I can with you. Yeah. Like, like sort of, and part of that is the the um, the, the you know just the, the the pretend understanding in a way yeah. that I can spout all this stuff that right. I've read or or you know whatever, but but without um, so without true understanding, but also without respect for the actual sort of. Okay. Concept yeah, yeah. of understanding. Yeah, I'm right with you. Yeah. Of it's just not. I don't need to. I'm not not talking about memorizing and regurgitating at the time of the test. It's it is yeah. you know it's it's unconscious knowledge. It's the thing that happens. Um, yeah, it's you know, become that, you. Yeah, that, that is yes. It has that it has it has become you and um and this is. I mean, it, it's almost. It's, there are obviously still people around who, you know, of a certain aged status <laughs> or level of, level of maturity, yeah, I'll right, say, yeah. like who 
we can remember, you know, what it took. Yeah. And have a respect for that time that we put into it or um, the, the experiences that we had and shared and that sort of thing. But the, the, the idea of now c- compressing that or shortening it and, and still arriving at the same place, um, I, it's just not, it's, it, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's absurd. Um, but but then you you know you refer to the guy who you know sort of grew up playing video games and just jumped right into the whole race <clears> gun <throat> thing and you know was, mopped up because um, <coughs> because yeah. of that sort of rehearsal in a way yeah yeah he used to be I remember watching he he was maybe a a special case in the sense that you know you know some some guys just take the stuff really quickly yeah and and he never practiced and to watch him shoot it was like how could this guy never practice. You know, just crushing the stage right now. It's just like so relaxed. Just like it was, hilarious. it was awesome to watch him shoot. But I, I never really saw any other. He was phenomenal in his, so own, in his own right. You know. Okay, so he's got sort of uh, mutant status. Yeah, he's got he mutant, ruined, ruined, mutant the, status. ruined the curve. Yeah. for for yeah. everything else. Um, the, the this uh, so going along with the the road trips. Or shooting competitions and that kind of thing. Yeah, I seem to recall um, there was a fair amount of driving. Uh, there was a period where you saw a few tool shows. If I recall, trying to think, I've seen a few tool shows. I can't remember seeing them on road trips though. Okay, saw a couple of Grateful Dead shows on road trips, okay, which I would never. That. I would never, I would never even like the Grateful Dead. And I went to a friend, got me to go to to one who he really liked them, and then I was like, "Well, live show, I get this, you know. I don't, I'll never listen to their music, but I get what they're doing with the, you know, the the spontaneity of it. Yeah, of the, it was awesome. Like the, you know, I kind of, for some reason, I feel I, I, I have this that that memory of you being on a road trip and what maybe. And maybe it was that. Maybe it was the dead, and I just didn't want to like acknowledge it. Just didn't want to acknowledge <laughs> it. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. I can't remember. I remember seeing Tool here several times, but I can't Texas once. No. I remember any Tool yeah. show not here. I remember the very first time Tool. I saw Tool right after the first record Undertow was released. Okay. Yeah. It was first full Mesa, record. Mesa, first full record. Yeah. Today. I didn't know if we wanted to go that deep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I was at the Mesa Amphitheater. I went there, it was sold out. And a kid, a kid that I knew, it was a friend of a woman who owned a restaurant, said, a young guy, he said, That's, they're the greatest band recording right now. And I'm like, okay, if you're going to say that, I'm going to go see them. You know? Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I went, sold out, finally managed to get a ticket. And um, it was... So I was like, yeah, these, these are these, 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 are, these are the right guys now. right yeah. now. <laughs> and he was wearing a, he had painted his body black, and he was wearing a pair of white underwear. And that was all he was wearing. <laughs> I was like, whoa. So but yeah, uh, that is a trip. I, I I I'm trying to think what. So we've attended some 16 horsepower shows together. Oh yeah, woven hand. Remember, I, actually, sort of one of my favorite shows that we actually saw together was um, Wayne Kramer. I remember that. In, in Boulder and, at the Fox Theater okay. um, on uh, the Hill. 
and yeah. there, I think there were nine of us in the audience, or, yeah. four, or, or 15 or right. something, but super small, and the guy, um, and I think, it, and, and uh, I don't know how we ended up going. I mean, I wanted to go, because it's, you know, sort of founding member, uh, of the MC5, like okay. sort of the the yeah. it, for, for so me it's, the it's like you, the, the birth core, of yeah. punk rock okay. you know, essentially is it you know of American punk rock if I, yeah. it, it, it maybe um, it could be called that or at least that's what I put it as in, in my mind but to be able to go see that guy and he's you know whatever fifty years old or something and I mean I think he's credited with um, as being the first guy to use feedback as a positive component to the music. Okay, like you know, that's a good thing to be credited with. I think yeah. that's just like no, it's not an annoying sound. Right. I'm using this to help craft this much greater, yeah. louder, more punishing wall of sound. Yes. <laughs> um, but that's a great bit of trivia. There. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I'm kind of, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not that a that I wasn't here to see the show. Was it the night before last to see the horrors? Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Night before last. Yeah. Um, but and B that you're not going to San Diego. Yeah, I'm not going to Friday. San Diego. To see him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's going to happen this summer. Something, yeah. or, or maybe I mean I'm, I'm I don't imagine I'll be flying up to Salt Lake on the 24th to see Horrors. Uh, uh, you, you never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, but you never know. I, I should get a date right for yeah. sure. It's in the back of the second issue of Rays. It's uh, okay. <laughs> it's in there if you want to. Oh, okay. Look since you do right. have advanced copy, but um, an advanced copy. Uh, when did the, um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say of, of everybody I know in my life that you've probably seen more live music than any of them. How I've seen happen? a lot of shows, man. I was thinking about that the other day. It's like I've been going to shows since I was 16 years old. I've never stopped. And we're going to shows all the time. You know, it's just. Okay. That's um, been going on for a lot longer well, than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were periods where I didn't go as much. Like when I was heavily in competition, that's all I was doing, you know. I wasn't really listening to that much music then. The music I was listening to was older okay. music, you know. Um, and then there was something happened. I can't remember when it happened or why it happened, but something. I just, after I moved out here, I only listened to music that I grew up listening to. Okay. And then something happened. I heard a Dixie Dregs song or something, Steve Morse. And... And I was like, this is killer. This is really good. And this is not something that I've ever listened to before. It was like, and then I, I, whatever that did, it just uh, opened it up again. And I just went in search of new music. And it's just like, it's even now, it's just like I have, I've listened to so much music, seen so many shows, and it's still endless. Yeah. Like, the, you know, you hear a new band. How oh, have I never heard of these guys? Well, I know so many people just, who I, are into music. You know, and there's so many music freaks, and we're still surprised all the time by music that we've never heard. It's awesome, like, and and even and bands that are like I I, just, I remember fairly distinctly the mo the period when you discovered the Melvins. Yeah, like wait, there. <laughs> yeah, they've only got thirty five, forty records. Exactly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and coming through, I mean, he, he but King, he's just not stopping touring. No. I mean, I saw him. Uh, every time we see him, they're sick. Must have been we went to August. Flagstaff last time we see him, yeah. Last year, and I know he's coming. I think he's coming in July or August again to Salt yeah. Lake. Um, he plays little and, venues. Yep. It's awesome, yeah. Yeah. Sadly, last time I saw him, he was. must Might have been the tail end of the tour or something. It wasn't. 
Yeah, it seemed like it's phoning it in a little bit. Okay. It could have been Salt Lake. I think I remember you telling me that. The, yeah. the, the audience was. Yeah, I've never, pretty, I've never seen them. Um, I've never seen nothing but a hundred percent show. So yeah, something, something was off. Yeah, yeah, yeah I it could, he could have been, you know, sick or whatever. But um, the so let's see, music connection, shooting connection. Uh, I just well shared some psychedelic experiences so we have that connection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I think d despite um, you know having read the Tao of Jeet Kune Do several times before um, us having met uh, I think it was you that like steered me towards think on these things oh okay. Chris Murray yeah, yeah. Okay. and and um, and, and 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 that sort of practice and that reading has has been with <clears> you, you know, since that since, that, uh, that, heard since, the words since you heard the words end, yeah. and it's just been this just this un un uninterrupted exploration yeah. of yeah, definitely. Of that. I re so there was there was a, a period, and, and, and speaking of you know when when people ask me, so what's what tell me about Brian? And I'm like, uh, well, it's it's. I'll I'll say it's complicated, but you you I wouldn't say would ever say that no. <laughs> not at all. No. <laughs> um, but uh, every now and then, I mean, I've, and I've told the story a couple of times in in the last year of. Um, so I had uh, been introduced to the the concept of the binaural beats of. Um, that, that was developed by Robert Monroe, I think, and maybe he's not the initiator, but he's certainly developed the, the, the idea of, of uh, sort of one um, brain wave frequency sound being being broadcast into one ear and a, a different one being broadcast into right. the other ear and meeting um, uh, to, to create a, or to, to induce or stimulate, if possible, a particular brain wave state. Okay. Um, and so we had, I think I dropped a couple of tapes on you that where the binaural beats were couched in some music. And I think that if I, if I recall correctly, there was a, um, there, there was a, uh, a point, it was a shooting, uh, Matt, it was in Colorado. It's up at that little, the, okay. the, the range that's up above west of Denver. Yeah. Uh, town starts with is it Independence? Is that the name of the town? It's, but the shoot, but the, but the no Montrose is it, this is like right outside of Denver, and there was a pretty good good okay. sized stage. The 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 shooting range is like right off the highway. I can vaguely um, remember that. Yeah. Um, but I recall it like I, I dropped some of that on you, and you said like I feel like I I listened to it too much, and I just went and had like this gigantic fucking double hamburger, double cheeseburger, <laughs> to try and get this feeling out of my head. Okay. Um, fast forward a little bit to uh, would have been Terry Tishner, I think. Tishner shot for the Air Force team. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, yeah. Um, so, and and yeah. he had met Raymond Ditson, who was marketing the SportsLink device. Yeah. Okay, um, I couldn't which, remember name. Again, it was you know binaural beats in the, in your ears, but then also um, an LED system. Yeah. you know inside the, the the glass that you that you wore that were also stimulating. To, to um, and, and I think that she had originally um, worked on it, developed it to, as a. Um, 
treatment, if you will, uh, um, for attention deficit disorder. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that's but but then because that you know you can't make a medical claim about stuff that okay the sports market was yeah. more interesting and so I know that they had worked with Gary Hall Jr. and then somehow Terry had like met her, discovered it, whatever. Maybe mentioned it to you. Yeah. You mentioned it to me. I came down and I recall. So we went to, to over to Rama's office, yeah, and there was like a little brain puzzle on the computer. Okay. And it was sort of taking four, you know, having the the leads hooked up to you, and I can't remember how where they attached to us, but um, maybe the head or you know, so someplace there. But but it was basically assembling these four moving pieces into a circle. On okay. the on the computer screen, okay, and I couldn't do it to save my. You know, I I like plugged. I recall that I plugged in and I tried, tried so hard <laughs> to put those things together yeah. that each of the four pieces fled to like you know different corners of the screen, and then did a little sort of intervention with the sports link, the the binaural beats sort okay. of um, device, and then I was able to sort of eventually you know. Get these things to yeah. unite. I think Terry did it as well, and had a similar experience to me. And if I recall correctly, you just sat down and like, I don't know, you did what you do and turn it off. Turn, yeah, turn it off, and the and the four pieces assembled, you know, in the fourteen point yeah. six seconds right. <laughs> or something. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> um, and 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 the and that day, not you know pretty much was the beginning of the end of my experimentation with those types of you know external okay. devices to to, yep. to trigger a, uh, a particular brainwave state or a certain psychological condition because you just said yeah i've been practicing this is a crutch yeah that's why i was always, yeah they can't be dependent you don't want to be dependent oh, on like that. Yeah. Or, or, well, so there's A, there's the dependence thing, but also the, the fact flex, that, yeah. you know, so, so there's one thing, the one reason I want to avoid that is because yeah. what if it runs out of batteries, <laughs> right. you know? Exactly. But, um, but, then, but then the other thing is that, well, I, I respect the work that I've done. Yeah. That, uh, that yeah, it's, a, you know, assembling the puzzle <clears throat> on the computer screen is kind of a party trick. And, yeah, if you don't know how you got there, it's of no value to you. Exactly. Yeah. If it, it, especially, yeah. or if like, oh, I put this thing on and now I can do, now yeah. I can pass the test. So. Yeah. That's the last thing I want to be doing. Yeah. And, and so in, in, in explaining sort of that experience of assembling the, yeah. the piece and watching, and watching you do it, um, I, you know, I just said, well, I think Brian's probably the, the only person I know in my life that I've, that I would call a Zen master. <laughs> and, and, uh, Zen master. And, 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 well, of course you're not. <laughs> but, I don't want but, to be a Zen master. <laughs> but, how, but how is, how is that, um, other, you know, for me, I ask, you know, how is that otherwise described, you know, in a, in, in a way uh, the, uh, of this sort of personal mastery? How is that described? Yeah, I mean, I, that's how I describe, you know, describe it. Okay. Because, because for me, that's okay. It's a shortcut of trying to explain to someone like, well, a, 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 a particular, you know, a, a, an accumulation of experience with oneself, maybe. So, you know, you noticed how 
you, I'm sure you've noticed how you know the mind. It's usually just thinking all the time. You know, no matter what you're doing. If you're if you even if you're washing a dish or you're doing something specific, you're probably not fully there. You're probably thinking about something else. Um, that's what you need to learn to avoid. That's what that's part of the eliminating part. You know, and so then you know over a period of a really long time for me, since I was whatever 18 years old. I'm 62 now. Um, it's just been a, a steady elimination of of the, the the mind basically becomes a habit machine, becomes a habit thinker, and the more the ha more as we know, the more any habit goes along uninterrupted, the stronger the force of the habit gets. So it just becomes a matter of uh, interrupting the habit, the mind's habit, um, and the the more often you do that the interrupting process itself it I, I i'm not saying this from anything i can document or or read but i the interrupting process itself the replacing of the thought with a known state of silence even for just a you know in the beginning it'll just happen for a moment and then your thought will be back again because you've been thinking for 40 years or yeah. however long you know but after you keep applying steadily against that by just being aware of the silence, being aware of the silence again, being aware of the silence over a period of time, that I, it chemically, physically alters the brain. And it takes, and I'm not speaking from any sort of doctor or authority on this, this is just how I feel like it is. As I feel like the, the brain, the function of what we call the mind, I don't even want to call it the brain, because what I could say about that was it would be truly out there. Um, like what we call the mind, just the process of thinking. The word mind is also itself a thought. So we, you know, really we're just describing words with more words, which doesn't not really going to take us anywhere. But if you just reduce it down to the simple act of knowing if if you're thinking or if you're silent, just that simple one simple thing. Not to say that thinking is bad, but it has habitually become bad. Thinking is great. Look at all the stuff we can do because we can think. You know, take a specific activity, for example, like you're wa washing dishes where you have a dishwasher. So pick a different activity that you do every day, brushing your teeth, say, for example. Anytime you're in the kitchen, if you're cooking, and, and instead of just letting your mind wander around wherever it wants to go on its own, um, shift your attention to paying attention to your mind with the goal being to when you come out of the experience, you were in there for 10 minutes making a sandwich or whatever, with the goal being to kind of divide up a percentage of time, the, the whole time you were in there, what percent of time were you, were your activities, everything you're doing being driven by sensation alone, visually feeling the knife, the pressure of the knife, just visually alone, zero thinking, and then what amount of the time that you were there were your actions driven by a thought impulse when you recognize the thought? Like, I forgot the mustard and you had to open the refrigerator, you know, because you didn't see the mustard. But the, you saw the thought, I forgot the mustard. You open the refrigerator. Now you're just, you just, you, you can take the mustard out of the refrigerator, zero thought is required. You're just, your sensations are driving all your actions. Every, the deliberate action based on sensation alone. And see, you know, just do that as an experiment when you're brushing your teeth just sensation like you don't have to think about anything while you're brushing your teeth you just be completely aware of the toothbrush and the feeling of it in your mouth and walk away same you know do that in the kitchen you know eventually you can extend it into your whole life but make a start um, with just simple routine activities 
Like that, this to me is what's the percentage of sensation-driven movements versus thought-driven movements? That can open up a whole new world for you. Wow. Um, I told that to, to a friend who we've had many talks on these types of talk topics, you know. And uh, so I told her to give that a shot, you know. And the next time she was doing something in the kitchen, which I knew she would be the, the, that evening. And the next day, I said, so how'd it go? And she said, she's like, whoa, I thought I had some downtime in my life. <laughs> I realized I have zero downtime. <laughs> you know, uh, the mind is just, just turning. Just turning, yeah. And, the, you know, the funny thing when you were talking about, like, okay, when, you, when you're brushing your teeth, you don't. You're it never can, there. It, it can be entirely sensation driven. Yeah. But where do we most often brush our teeth? Yeah. In front of a mirror. Well, with my eyes closed. And and well, yeah. potentially. That's a good another good one. Yeah. Just close your eyes. Doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Shave. I shave. Uh, razor shave. Eyes closed. Brush teeth. Flaw. Everything. Everything you do with your eyes closed. You remove a sensory input, and it enhances the other. The senses, other ones. You yeah. know. And so you you'll be more effective. I remember one of the lessons for, that came from being uh, from, from that period, I think it was a 10 day period where I came and stayed um, and we built that gun and shot a bunch and, and uh, my progress in shooting accelerated oh, dramatically. Okay. But one of the things that, that stuck with me from that day was, or, or that, that period was, um, y I think you challenged me to uh, shave with my left hand, my non-dominant hand. Okay. <laughs> and and I've used uh, that okay. on people for in, in a variety of teaching situations ever since. Okay. Just just because of how difficult yeah. it is. And but <clears throat> how you know and, and, and as a as a lesson to people, it's like if you can't do this, if the habit is so ingrained every single time yeah. that you can't even make a decision to, to use not right, yeah. Then, so if you can't overcome, the, okay, usually have to say you do this every day, or you do it every two days, or whatever. Say it's a brush, teeth brushing thing, left hand, you know, non-dominant hand yeah. again. Just try it, and 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 to realize how much you won't understand the depth of the um, to which these the, the roots of these habits yeah, have yeah, like yeah, sunk yeah, into you sure, yeah. until you try to correct yeah. that to, to see right. how easy it is to go how you quickly go back to the dominant hand yeah. how just like I can walking towards the bathroom make the decision to use my non-dominant hand and by and I get there and guess what happens yeah, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> not that yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 just and that is like a it's a simple point of awareness yeah um, that, 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 that illustrates okay this is a habitual physical action those are the easier ones to see yeah than right. the than the habitual sort of mental actions that we yeah take or that and, and whether those are um, and some of those habitual mental actions are useful some of them. Absolutely. Less so. Yeah, some of them less so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like we're at a, at a, at a wound, winding down point. I mean, it, it not yeah. that... Uh, and, and so, for a first conversation to have been recorded, 
um, we barely talked about shooting, which perfect. is perfect. <laughs> actually, we have one. We actually have one more. One more we have a call in with a question. We have a call. I have okay. a call in with a question. Right. Okay. So, um, in two thousand was your last year of competitive shooting. Yes. And cold turkey. Cold turkey. Boom. I so. came back one, two year, maybe two or three years later, I cold turkey shot uh, Rio Salado Desert Classic. Okay. Um, I think Taryn Butler urged me, somebody was really, it'll be fun, it'll be fun. I did it and, that, and I didn't practice or anything and I finished six or eight or something or whatever, but um, yeah, cold turkey, 2000. It was just... Uh, it was the result of a, Multiple factors, various influences, um, but na but na but it felt natural. Oh, totally. So I mean, yeah. just yeah. If I I, I could have made it work, I could have kept going, um, but it would have been you know like I mentioned briefly in that little bio thing, um, you know by by around um, nineteen ninety the way that the evolution of the carnival matches and the way you had to practice for them and stuff beforehand and, and, and combine that with the, the uh, race gun explosion of optics and all that, I was, I, I didn't care for, my passion was no longer there for that. All I wanted to do was shoot guns like I started out shooting, like a five inch 45, you know, yeah. just a, like you said, maybe style or whatever, just the, per, it was practical, it, was, it made sense, it was difficult to shoot, you know. Um, and so, but, but when the limited class opened it up and they uh, had sponsored, was able to be sponsored shooting a gun basically, you know, now it was a 40, but that's yeah. close enough for me. 40s were fine, you know, um, even though they held 20 rounds, it was still, still, still great guns, really fun to shoot, difficult to shoot. Um, but then when I just had enough of the, and then the sponsorship routine changed from give them a couple guns, turn them loose with them, you know, win yeah. some tournaments for you, you know. Um, to being involved with the company, uh, making, being, going to meetings and dealing with other sponsored shooters and overseeing stuff that I hated, all of it, you know? It was just like, uh, there was nothing left for me there passion-wise, I felt like. Um, and like every yeah. big decision or every decision I've ever, like the decision to move here from Ohio in 19, um, whatever that was when I was 22 or so um, every big decision I've ever made in life I've just made pretty much instantly you know like it's be a, you can feel the building yeah and then it's just done you know and I don't know what's gonna happen but I know this isn't going to continue to happen you know yeah, like so you're not you're not I mean the way I described it to people because so 2000 was the year that I was my the year that I quit climbing yeah also cold turkey but I mean, I continue to do it for various work things, but as far as like, yeah, the, um, you know, military training and stuff. But, but the the idea of like climbing at that level of right. of living, breathing, sleeping, yeah. you know, everything, everything was a you know around it, about it. Uh, um, and when I stopped, I I wasn't, I didn't quit in order to do something else. Yeah. I didn't leave it like for sure. something. Yeah. I just stopped. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't. I did, had no clue what I was going to do. Um, yeah, no clue. I had, I had enough money saved up from sponsorships and just selling guns, I sold a bunch of guns, that I could live for a year without having to do anything. Just and I was living super cheaply yeah. off the grid, you know, and selling AJ. Um, so yeah, and then yeah, and then everything 
just kind of fall into place. You pointed your attention yeah. at something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a guy says, oh, you should start a website. Okay, mm-hmm. what's a website? Mm-hmm. You should start a forums. Yeah, the forum started. The, 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 the official reason for the, the, the origination of the forums was a, a girl that I knew at that time when I told her I was trying to learn how to build a website to sell my, get my book back in print and get it back for sale. She said, oh, if you're going to get a website together, you should start a forum. And that was the first time in my life I'd heard the word forum. And so I like, I, you know, went on and found the web page and type, looked at a forum. It's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, figure out how to You logged it. into Internet Explorer yeah, 2 or whatever yeah. it was yeah. at the time. Exactly. <laughs> or, or 1. Yeah. Or, so that or was the reason Netscape the forum came something. about. Yeah. Um, but I've enjoyed staying involved with the community, you know, by way of the forums. Yeah. Um, and then, then now with this new inspiration from the story I told you earlier about what kind of, I thought I would maybe start doing some, some blogging type stuff just to put the information out there. Like when I did that, that Skype cast with Ark from Firearms Nation, I just did it just, just to get the information out there, you know. Yeah. It's just like I have, me and Robbie used to notice this, reflect on this lately. It's like we have so much knowledge on this yeah. sport and specialized knowledge. And when you consider the reloading and this how precision we were like, we never, you would never shoot factory ammo on a match. It's crap compared to what you can load yourself, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. and you can, just the precision of depth of knowledge we have on so many types of guns and shooting and competitions, various ones and reloading for all these different ones. It's just like, you know, just get get it out there. You get, know, and then you know, like the the blog thing, this the podcast thing, the Skype cast thing. It's all different mediums that reaches different people. Yes, you know? um, I can't reach. Not everyone's going to come to my forums. You know, right? Um, even though it's a great place to hang out. You, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just the forums, and they're like the art guy was telling me they're you know they're going go away you know and they're being replaced by social media you know pr- private forums within social media platforms yes um, they're steadily going away you know we'll see how I mean mine's hanging in there it's actually increasing membership and in recently so but it's kind of a, 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 a like a cool Luddite thing yeah you know in, right, in, in, in a way to yeah. to um, to persevere with the forum or to, to insist on I mean I feel you know the, the the idea of like producing a zine okay I want to have this physical thing and it came and that came from the fact okay that I want to um, that, that I come from analog yeah. and I've gone you know had a trajectory through the digital world and I don't um, and I, I'm still sort of expressing myself in both but the fact that when I was working on the book every time I'd have like a version on the computer screen that I appreciated I want or that I thought was in Good thing I'd yeah. print one and you know use a self-publishing resource and print one copy and then the book come you know the thing the physical copy comes back and the experience is completely different. Okay. It's yeah. and and with your book, despite the fact that it is now twenty eight years, twenty eight years, crazy. Yeah. old, um, <laughs> it's still. But you know, part of the beauty of that is that yeah, I, I could probably read every sort of concept that that is in that book on the forums. Yeah, probably, probably, you know, something. Yeah been covered everything's been covered on the forum everything's so been covered and, 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 any topic and developed much further than it was in yeah. the book not not only just because of the time but the number of contributors um, on the forum but but still picking up that book my dog-eared 
copy you know the the experience is different yeah, the, 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 different. the knowledge is, yeah. is different and and so i think you know part of the you know this is like okay there's there's going to be a marriage or an interaction of of analog and digital and and i think person and, and i think the for, you know forums were the first sort of they, social yeah, media in a way definitely um and uh Wow, if there was you know advertising on the forums, you know when you were saying, I mean, it would, the forums ex existed, you know, in in a sense as a sales mechanism, but it was there. It was it wasn't yeah. it wasn't a mysterious thing where I'm trying was, to find out who you are yeah. in order to target you with ads. No, it's just like okay, here's there's a store here, and we're all sort of interacting around you know in this sort of yeah the forum. I mean, I started the forums initially it was just to do it they had no relationship to business i never even those thoughts never even crossed my head they, my friend the girl said you should have a forums and with us with those thoughts i found the forum i don't know what remember what it was yeah and then i researched it and figured at that time the server requirements for them i mean they were so small compared to the scale that they operate on now the server requirements for them were very small it wasn't that expensive um the platforms the operating systems that they ran on like the old was this really old code that you know would just you know if a modern day forum wouldn't last a couple seconds on it you know and so then but i so i started in that but then as that evolved i can't remember the name of the original company icon board maybe but then as i when i as the as that forum software as the forum content grew to where it was crashing the software daily and the software developers were unable to fix it because they hadn't they hadn't designed the software to handle that much, that, that much information. Okay. Um, and that's when other companies had, and they had completely switched their software. And so that's when I migrated, had that system migrated to the new Envision Power board where it's been ever since. And then it went from there to a dedicated server, 600 bucks a month, you know, super expensive, to now it's in like this, their cloud system. I think they rent their servers from Amazon is what happens. Okay. But so now it's like half price of that. So it's the beauty of that now is, they handle all the technical part. I don't need a guy dealing with it. If the forum, go, something goes wrong with it on a dedicated server, now you're dealing with server people, forum people. They don't talk to each other. Yeah. I'm in the middle. You know, it's ridiculous. So it's beautiful. <laughs> what what it's evolved to is as beauty as it can get. That's, um, I mean, that's pretty amazing from trajectory to, to me, if you're going from that old dark gray yeah. power book or whatever, Mac, but Mac I don't remember Google, what that was. MacBook Pro, yeah. MacBook Pro to, to you know, where things are yeah. now. Um, not only in terms of technology, but just the, the way that it has changed the way that we interact with people. Well, for sure, and yeah. sometimes it's, you know, my life is better for it. And sometimes I don't think it yeah. necessarily is. Yeah, but, I'm right with you. But, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> always, it's always sometimes. It's, yeah, where there's a, a, a feeling. But I, but I think you, to, to sort of circle back to the, the, the the vast amount of knowledge that you have and that Robbie you know would have and that some of the other guys you know what what's going to happen with that if it doesn't go out yeah you know where where does it where right. does it go uh, it you know and so part of it is you know by having some conversations that get recorded or by making this blog I mean the the fact that like you said you've had you know from if if you've made substantial posts on the forum of some kind, that there is a text document for that. Yeah. You know, going back a, a, a pretty time, a pretty yeah. long time yeah. um, to turn that into you know make that sort of resource available is I, I look at it now almost as um, duty. Yeah. 
you know, okay, in a way, to, 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 the, to, yeah. the, to the community yeah. or, or yeah. In, in, in a sense, I mean. It, I, feel, I feel like that, like, it, yeah, just like I, like I was saying, it's just so much information over yeah. such a long time and so much work, you know, was put into it and it's just, it's all right here. Yeah. You know. It's in the computer. Now, yeah, it's, all, it's already here. But, <laughs> but uh, they, you know, the, of course, when you write something for a forum post, you don't, you know, labor on it, you know, too right. high of a heavily, but uh, but I enjoy the laboring part. So, but but sometimes that that's the like that's when the, you the know, good stuff comes out the, too. The, the, yeah. the, it can be it yeah, can be like can that. Be like that. Yeah, know, for, for sometimes sure, for sure. Um, and and have you thought? I mean, I know that there was some talk some long time ago um, about a book. I haven't. And, yeah, I haven't. And then then I thought, well, maybe. My my only current thoughts on that was because I had a, a bunch of material that I had because I was working on a second book and I had a bunch of material on that and it was going to be a, a lot of it was going to be related to temperament. Okay. And I've lost interest in that um, now that I feel like I've understood. I don't really care about putting a lot of writing work into um, connecting temperament with performance like I used to feel, yeah. you know? I used to feel, I mean, me and Henning used to really brainstorm oh, on that. Goodness, like heavy yeah. duty, you know? And um, and I just, I feel like I'm at a different place. And so um, now I'm kind of feeling like the the stuff that I, if I, you know, get the blog going, get the topics going, that information could be put together as a book, you know? Um, I mean, like, a, like you said, the notes are there. The, the notes are there. there. All it's the just, information it's, is here. It's like a, It's funny about when I was explaining to you before how the idea came to me from the guy asking for some help when I was putting the document away and I saw all those documents. And I have it in another place on my computer, which I have the mental category of, the second book material. Mm -hmm. And whenever I look in that category, I was like, eh, I yeah. don't really care about that stuff anymore, you know, or that much. But then... When I look at this other category, it's all just more written stuff, you know. It's like, oh, this is good. This is better, you know. I've watched my mind do the, this is better thing. And it's like, well, you know what? There's actually some, because that information I've all posted in the forums, but it's just scattered and spread. It and would be buried. tough to sort of yeah. find and unify into one. Wouldn't happen in the forums, canon, no. if you will. And the in the forums are I understand, you know, as I now understand them, are, you know, they're subsiding. You know, yeah, as in popularity. So, no, this feels like the perfect um, avenue, you know, right now. So, uh, I'll just put this out there before we close. Um, when you do decide that having that stuff in printed form is a, a worthwhile objective. Please do keep nonprofit publishing in mind. Okay. As, 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 uh, well, for sure. <laughs> How could I know? As, as, as a publishing yeah. partner. Okay. For, <laughs> let us prove ourselves, okay. you know, beyond, you know, two zines. But I think uh, um, somehow I think this is where it's going. Yes. And that'd be like a super cool and eclectic <laughs> piece. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, so, fuck, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And, You're welcome. Enjoyed it. Uh, and you were joking about um, earlier about my God that podcast it lasted all you know it was like two hours yeah. and I'm looking at it right now we are one hour fifty eight minutes, minutes and I was jabbering for uh, two hours and, and I was not bored in the least okay. and um, 
we should uh, let's wrap it up and I'll open another Budweiser. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you.